Hello, and welcome to End Goals, an LCMS Youth Ministry Podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesling, and I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. We are here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today, we are continuing our ongoing series, Starter Pack for Youth Ministry, and discussing mental health with Deaconess Tiffany Maynard. We are bringing you a series of podcasts designed around topics for those who are new to youth ministry or looking for a fresher course and planning and best practices. These eight podcasts are really designed to focus on logistics and planning and really baseline topics for you to be thinking about as you facilitate healthy youth ministry. If you want to know more about how we think about and how we describe healthy youth ministry, you can go back and listen to our series, The Seven Practices of Healthy Youth Ministry, uh, earlier in this podcast. Today, we are talking about a topic that has thankfully received much more attention in our country and in our churches in the last years. We are learning more about the adolescent brain and how our mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health make for holistic, healthy people. And we celebrate that more people are getting diagnosis and help that, and that resources are available. And at the same time, we see concerning statistics around youth and mental illness and the effects of a broken world on the health of our young people. And as youth ministry practitioners and parents, we have a lot to consider, and and we hope LCMS churches can be places of warmth, grace, and welcome for young people and their families. Just a few national statistics. statistics. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reports that 7.1% of children aged 3 to 17 have been diagnosed with anxiety, and this has been an increase over the years, and that doesn't include maybe other things that may come from anxiousness or anxiety from time to time in their life. Another 3.2% of children the same age have been diagnosed with depression, and the diagnosis rate for both of these increased in those ages 12 through 17. And while suicide is the 10th most common cause of death amongst all Americans, it ranks second amongst Americans aged 15 to 24. We have certainly seen um, an increase both in diagnoses and in an overall major concern over the suicide rate as both uh, just general population, but in particularly with teenagers as well. And and we wanted to know more about specifically teens um, in the LCMS. So as a part of our youth poll that we did at the National Youth Gathering, uh, we did ask some questions about mental health. And what we found was uh, really in line with a lot of the other statistics you're going to hear, which is about a third of the young people who, who answered our poll had struggled with a mental health issue in the last year. Um, an additional 10%, so about uh, 40%, had had dealt with a mental health issue in the recent past. And then almost half, 49%, had a friend or family member that had struggled with mental health issues in the last year. So certainly uh, prevalent within the young people within our congregations. Um, interestingly, uh, the number of, of young people who cited that they had had a friend or family member who had struggled with mental health issues in the last year was higher, significantly higher for ladies than it was for men, uh, which may tell us that there's a lot of stigma still left for us to deal with. So we see this in terms of it might be a topic that young people in our congregations personally are dealing with it, but certainly is an issue where they can come to the church and receive help on how they witness and how they share their faith and how they show support to people that they know and love and care about, and they want to be resourced to be able to do that. So today we are joined by Deaconess Tiffany Maynard, who recently started in a new role in the, L- in the new role in the LCMS Office of National Mission. She's wearing multiple hats in the office, and her, but her main role is the Director of Life Ministry for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. She's doing, also doing a lot of work with church worker wellness. Deaconess Tiffany Maynard has been called by the LCMS Office of National Mission as that Director of Life Ministry, but she also served the LCMS New England District as an executive 
focused on church worker wellness, human care, and school ministries. She also served at LCMS recognized service organizations in Illinois and New York, at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis, and at various congregations. Tiffany is currently a doctoral student at Bethel Seminary as well, and her research is focused on congregation and family care. Tiffany is married to Jonathan, and the Lord has blessed them, blessed them with four children and one grandchild. Tiffany, welcome to the End Goals podcast. Uh, we're excited you're a part of our, our Office of National Ministry staff and that you're getting to join us here today. Um, we're gonna, we got to hear a little bit about your biography, but tell us more about your vocation, including uh, your transition into working into our office um, and other things that bring you joy. Oh, thanks so much, Juliana. Yeah, it's been a fantastic transition um, to a new call. I'm really enjoying getting to know all the folks across Synod and uh, being a part of supporting our, our districts, our congregations, and the, the church workers. It's really been a blessing. Um, as far as things that bring me joy, uh, my family is, is probably the top thing that um, God's given me that brings me joy, uh, particularly the, the last uh, word of my, my biography. I'm a, a new grandma, and I'm excited to meet my, my grandbaby around Thanksgiving time. Uh, so that's that's really fun, um, learning about how big the baby is right now and, and um, what's developing and, and imagining little fingers and, and little toes. Uh, so, so that's really fun. Uh, my my interest in mental health goes goes way back, uh, personally with my family of origin, and then uh, I've been blessed in more recent years to be learning more professionally. Uh, my doctoral programs focused on the intersection of psychology and theology, so this is really um, a, a topic that's important to me um, individually, but but to our churches and all of the people in our pews. So mental health issues impact life issues tremendously. Uh, we can always talk about that more another time, but um, right. these are all things really near and, and dear to my heart. Absolutely. As we were putting this together, there were a couple of times where we were like, this this could be a, probably a series of podcasts on their own, just as there are a lot of angles. And, and part of why we wanted to have you on to get the conversation started um, on the Angles podcast. And we're going to be talking about kind of just over an overview of that important topic of mental health and youth. Um, and we should be clear that none of us are psychotherapists or psych, uh, psychologists, therapists, or counselors. So we're coming at this from discussion as a parent, a future grandparent, as church workers and Christians who hope churches will take seriously the mental health of young people and of Christians of all ages, too. And how I may really appreciate that, uh, what you said, Tiffany, in terms of that intersection of our theology, our baptismal life, and also our mental health um, and our being you know, a holistic person um, and how we're, we continue to learn more about that and how the church can equip young people and families. Um, so just to throw it out there to, to both of you, Julianne and Tiffany, what are some mental health concerns specific to uh, those going through adolescence um, in those teenage years? Yeah, absolutely. There, there's a lot of, of mental health concerns. I mean, really, um, any mental health uh, issue is is going to be applicable to, to adolescents. But we do see some things that, that tend to rise to the top where there's there's more um, incidences of, of occurrence. Um Anxiety and depression, um, really, uh, really common concerns. And um, thankfully, uh, terminology that we're getting really comfortable talking about in, in our daily lives. So there's anxiety and depression. Um, there's compulsive behaviors, um, suicide, reactions to crisis and, and trauma events. Yeah, I, certainly we're going to see um, and have, have seen for a while just that you, this is a time when we might struggle with eating disorders and disordered thinking when it comes to that. Um, uh, you know, talk about compulsive behaviors. I certainly we've seen an uptick in the number of young people who um, are cutting 
or who are doing self-harm, um, those kinds of issues. Um, and, and one of the things that we recognize, particularly about Gen Z, this generation that's teenagers right now, is that they both put on themselves and have some external pressure for high levels of achievement and accomplishment. Right. Um, they are a very uh, goal-orientated, <laughs> achievement-orientated generation. And in many ways, that can be very a positive thing. Uh, but when things don't happen the way that we expect, or when there's loss, when there's failure, um, we often can see um, mental health crisis and distress that happens around those things. Um, so it's certainly uh, a generation, not only are we being more aware of, of mental health issues, um, but we're also right. seeing some upticks, in, particularly around some of those issues. And I think we've seen it, we talked about this in other podcasts too, of how uh, technology, social media, and other things can play into that. And just in terms of like what, what one thing you touched on is how quickly sometimes our young people can get into the adult world without maybe having some of other the structures put in place um, and how to deal with that. What does it mean to be successful? What does it mean to uh, hit certain parts of life? And how do we help young people walk through that because of just much more information that is at their fingertips than maybe in previous generations? So talking about um, young people, what are some of the key things or truths that church, the church and parents can instill in young people to support their mental health? Yeah, I think it's really important that, that we consider that that um, mental health is not separate somehow from our spiritual lives. Um, our, our health is uh, holistic. It's, you know, it's our physical health, our mental health, our spiritual health. Um, we can even get more specific and say emotional health, relational health. Um, so it's not it's not something that is separate. It it's it all impacts um, our, our our life in Christ. So um, we also have to think about that that um, mental health and mental illness is not something that is uh, a weakness of faith. That's something that we can overcome by doing something more, praying more, believing more. That those are not um, not truths that God gives us in His His Word. Uh, so we we have illness in in our bodies and um and and mentally because of, of the brokenness um, that we experience because of sin in our world yeah and and even though uh, we talk about it more now mental illness is probably very underreported um and even uh you we recognize that there's a lot of isolation when somebody is going through a mental health crisis or is diagnosed with a mental illness um that they might uh, not necessarily feel um, super comfortable uh, coming to their congregation, to people within their church body, um, because there's a lot of stigma attached to that. Um, and so the church really, as we have that conversation, allows them to feel like they're not alone, uh, that God is with them, reminding them of their identity in their baptism as uh, as they struggle and, and work through those things, and that God is with them, they have people to care for them, and, and then we're willing to be a support for people as they work uh, through through mental health issues and mental uh, illness and mental health crisis, um, just like we would if somebody were going through a, a physical <laughs> um, illness as well, uh, that we want to address that and be open to that and, and have that discussion and be supportive um, as God intended us to be as the body of Christ, caring for one another. I think what you've said is super, super important. I just want to, you know, kind of highlight and underline that because when, when we are 
isolated and separated from one another, that's when we're most vulnerable. And I have to think that Satan um, would just delight in um, in the stigmas that develop that keep yeah. people from being around the body of Christ, um, coming to church, being with other Christians when they're struggling with mental health issues. So um, it, it's even more important when you're you're dealing with with these issues with depression, anxiety. The times when you um, you know, really feel like you don't want to be around people um, to to have people who are there with you um, and and sharing Christ's presence with you as as part of the body of Christ. I appreciate seeing that in a lot of things where like when there's encouragement for Christians who are struggling and, um, and again, I, I, this can be hard on maybe an individual basis, but is that call to say like, that's exactly it. I think that's the tack that Saint gives you. It's like, this is the time to withdraw. And it's that to read and get encouragement to say like, it's just the opposite. And, and there, not that there won't be maybe awkward times in that or difficult times in the church needs to learn to, to be that more welcoming presence, but to have that connection and how the Holy spirit can work through that, through the body that ways, um, such a strong encouragement, I think, for people who are wrestling with mental health issues. And church leaders can be kind of the lead on that conversation, right, around addressing mental health and mental illness, and they can uh, create a place of warmth, of challenge, of compassion around these issues in a way that uh, really helps break down some of those barriers and keep people from getting uh, exceptionally isolated. Uh, And part of that is being proactive about addressing those issues. So rather than waiting for a crisis to happen and then going, oh, what are we, what's our responses to be like? How are we um, opening up those conversations and opening up and being proactive about things before uh, we have, have to deal with it on another level? So uh, making sure that people feel like there isn't a stigma or a fear of judgment associated with that mental illness, that the church is that center of, of healing, a place where everyone feels safe to seek help and to know that they are offered uh, forgiveness and life <laughs> in Christ um, and that they're, uh, that this is a place where we're here to support one another uh, regardless of, of, of those kinds of issues. Yeah, I think speaking um, to them, speaking of the, the, the mental health issues is really important that we all as leaders can do. If, if, we, if we bring it up, if we are um, using this types of, of language, um, even, even in the, our prayer life, um, even the, the church's corporate prayer life, a, a really, really wise person once uh, offered encouragement to me and, and a really thought-provoking question. And, and he said, um, what, why is it that we don't include mental and emotional health in the corporate prayers of the church the same way we do physical health? And I thought, gosh, you know, that's true. That that's, would be really fantastic if we could uh, be praying for people's um, mental health and, and emotional health in there. Um, behavioral health, relational health, um, the same way we do for, for sickness and for people to be kept um, healthy in, in, um, in times of sickness. So um, anytime that we can, can be more proactive and forward thinking about bringing up and talking about it, it, it breaks down those barriers of like, oh, I can't, I can't talk about this at church or I have to hide it from people. Just as we're encouraging people who are, are wrestling with uh, mental health uh, concerns, is that I think the church can also understand too that just as those individuals or uh, we as Christians are not alone, neither is the church alone in this, is that there are so many people in public schools and public health that are there to help with this issue too. Um, so I think it's important for leaders to know the resources in their community, uh, maybe for counseling or other support, family support, um, and to understand too, when do you encourage appropriate professional help when that uh, comes up, those issues happen. So a great place to start is to ask in the congregation for referrals um, on resources such as counselors, or other organizations that are, are um, helping to equip young people or families. Um, and some places too, you may need to give um, 
more than one suggestion for a counselor. And so looking for Christian counselors or those that you'd recommend. And so you kind of have, again, a community that shows this is how we care for you, is that we've got good resources for you to connect with and people we can point you to. Yeah, having local resources and local help is, is really important. And, uh, you know, we've got we've got folks in a, a huge variety of communities. I mean, sure, the larger communities may seem as though they have more access mm-hmm. to those resources and, and more um, therapists and counselors and, and Christian um, professionals to help with that. But um, in, in our uh, capacity right now are to do things like telehealth. So even if you're in a small town where it may not seem like, oh, you know, we, we, we don't have that in our town, um, there may be options in your state. So um, licensure is usually statewide. So getting to know um, ahead of time um, and, and developing that, that resource list by, by asking um, people in your congregation or in your sister congregations nearby what what options there are and, and, and what you can have to um, refer people to use yourself, but, um, you know, share, share liberally, share often um, so that folks have those contacts when necessary. And, and part of that being proactive, we talked about being holistic in our thing is, is as uh, we talk about these issues, uh, that we're role models of, of the kinds of behaviors that help promote good mental, spiritual health. Um, and those overlap, right? So we're helping to be uh, as leaders, models of, of regular worship, regular prayer and scripture reading, uh, you know, physical wellness that, that helps us think about that appropriate rest. Um, I'm always impressed at like some of the studies that tell us like how much sleep and, and healthy eating and exercise impact your mental health uh, and mental well-being, right? Um, just, and uh, it's amazing how those things can, can uh, think about it. Or for, you know, we talked about Gen Z and that high achievement, how, how can prioritizing and reasonable schedules help a young person to maintain healthy um, mental health as well, right? So we're, when we're talking about it, we are talking about it holistically. We're saying, yes, it's important for you to doing personal spiritual practices and corporate worship and um, receiving the sacraments, but also taking care of your body and your mind in a way that helps um, model good holistic living, um, which we're maybe not always great at, <laughs> but including mental health in that as well and in that conversation. Let's, let's maybe talk a little bit about parents and that. I especially think of, um, you know, depending on when you're listening to this, where you'll be at in terms of the quarantine that uh, we had um, and uh, with the pandemic that was happening. And, you know, parents are taking on kind of some new roles or roles in different ways within their household with young people um, and be able to prioritize maybe that quality time and having those open lines of communication with young people. Um, we, we saw in our research uh, families that were able to uh, have an atmosphere where questions were received with openness and that difficult topics can be discussed. There's a huge opportunity to share scripture, encourage young people in their faith, um, and keep them connected in their, their life with Christ. So, um, Tiffany, um, maybe a question I might throw out to you as, as a parent. Um, what are maybe some questions that parents can ask of their children uh, to kind of check in on them, um, with their mental health, just maybe a regular conversation that could take place uh, in the home um, as young people are wrestling with um, things in their adolescent years, changing life, whatever it might be? Yeah, so one thing that's really important when we, we think about um, the mental health is uh, being able to de- describe what we're going through and, and to having the, the skills to do that, uh, particularly around around emotions. So you know, as, as we were just talking about, there's some role modeling there, um, but it can be you know modeled along with a question. So for, for a parent um, or, or actually any um, engaged and involved adult in um, a, a child or a youth's life to say, um, you know, this is what I'm experiencing right now. I'm, I am feeling 
anxious right now about all these unknowns and life seems to be changing very quickly and we, we don't know what's coming next week or next month. So I'm feeling anxious and I'm wondering uh, what you're feeling. Can, can you name what you're feeling now? I mean, that's a question that can go all the way down to, to just the littlest um, child who can, who can talk and to help to, to develop a really robust vocabulary for the emotions that are being experienced. Once you get uh, more practiced at that, um, both for yourself, uh, saying what you're feeling at, at the moment um, and what your emotions are, then um, you, get, you get better at it as, as you start labeling those emotions and, and more, are more in touch with them. You're going to be able to do it better and, and move, moving forward. You'll start to uh, realize on the front side if you start to experience emotionally and, and mentally something that um, may require some, some assistance, support, um, intervention. So, you know, even just, just that, you know, what are you feeling right now in this moment? Um, and, and developing conversation about that and being really open to hear. Um, it's, it's important to not uh, explain it away or, or try and um, e express to someone like, oh, that's not a, a good feeling to have and you need to change that feeling, mm -hmm. but to just um, yeah. affirm and hear what the emotion is and talk about it and explore that a little bit more. Um, even if they're not really positive uh, emotions, um, you know, if, if someone is saying, I'm feeling kind of sad or down, um, de depressed about this, um, let, let, let's talk about that and, and not try and uh, rush in with jokes and laughter and cheer somebody up. But let, let's uh, let people be where they are and sit there with them in that and be present with them. I appreciate just how much and how important parents are <laughs> in both being role models and helping us to identify mental health um, issues that a young person might be having. Um, and we certainly know that parents are just it's so critical to young people um, in, in all aspects of their lives. But this is certainly um, a place where we want to empower parents to be having those conversations at home as well. Um, and now we might find that once a young person is actually diagnosed with a mental illness, um, and you're aware of that as a, as a youth leader um, or uh, as a youth ministry practitioner, uh, let's think about what are some of the tips that you might give for caring for that young person post-diagnosis? Yeah, in some ways there's a, a delicate balance because this, if there's a diagnosis, um, this is something that belongs to that that young young person, and um, they may be ready to to share the news right away. They may prefer to wait a little bit longer, and um, means so we have to balance the the idea of um, we don't want to stigmatize it and make them feel as though they have to hide it or fear it, but they also may need some time to process it and think about how it's going to impact their lives. Um, both at, at church and in um, the youth group and youth ministry, school, home, and family. So it's it's going to be important that all everyone involved, um, the, you know, adult volunteers, church staff members, parents, um, the youth themselves, that they have a chance to to make a decision so there's no one uh, sharing the news before they're they're youth is is ready and, and the individual is prepared to talk about it. So. Um, you know, having having some of those conversations about what 
what is your need and what would you like us? How can we help you with this? And how can we um, make accommodations and, and make, um, you know, being here at church and being involved in youth activities a really great experience for you um, and not trying to decide for them or mm-hmm. tell them what's going to be mm-hmm. best, but letting, um, letting the youth, letting um, that be a family conversation along with, um, you know, youth ministry staff and, and volunteers and, and pastors, you know, everybody involved in the conversation about what's the best way to, to approach and, and keep um, keep youth with, with mental illness issues and, and mental health diagnosis involved. I love this idea of like, we want to have, let them have that control over, over who knows and what people know about that. Um, I think that gives uh, a level of, of confidence to that young person. This is like, we're not going to you know, this is something that's yours and that you can share as much or as little as you want um, with other people. Hopefully they have supportive peers around them who are going to engage with that. But accommodations don't necessarily require everyone to know, right? As a youth leader, I can make accommodations without everybody, anybody ever knowing, right? So whether that's I'm sneaking that young person a list of the games we're going to play ahead of time. So so they have a level of, of anxiousness drop or whether that's um, that I'm going to think about how um, an, a particular event may or may not impact that young person uh, in terms of their anxiety level or particular things that might be um, difficult for them to handle, um, that I might have that conversation to, you know, with them on the side or with their families to be able to help them uh, to navigate and manage that so that they do continue to stay connected within your congregation and within your youth ministry, which is ultimately where we want to keep them connected. And that youth ministry practitioner too can be a, another supportive person to help the parents too. So um, ongoing conversations, um, giving resources to parents too, um, just to keep them connected um, and keep them resourced and know that they're being encouraged by the church. Um, just so that body of Christ, again, is rallying around the parents and their important role of those ongoing uh, conversation and the, how they love their young people um, and look out for their health. So that can be a great resource to uh, the parents themselves and other adults who are supporting them. So what are some of the, the signs that we might be looking for that would cause a parent or a significant adult concern um, that might trigger us thinking about what additional help we might need? Yeah, there are so many different things that um, you could be watching in for, but the main thing really is to be looking and to be listening. It's not just about hearing what's said, but it's about um, observing the, the nonverbal communication. So um, being attentive, being attentive to, to children. Um, sometimes, depending on the age and, and even just the personality and temperament of, of the child, um, questions thrown, particularly if there are a lot of questions coming or, or rapid fire uh, pace, um, could, could cause a, a child to you know really kind of uh, get a little more silent, um, but engaging in conversation um, where there's, there's uh, listening and watching going on um, are, are really important. Uh, there, there's a lot of resources on this uh, out, out available now, whether it's going to the internet or talking to some, some professionals, but um, you know, initially changes and any change you might observe, something that was really enjoyable that they love to do in the past, um, which now is no longer bringing joy. That would that would be something important to watch for. Um, also, 
wondering aloud with young adults. I, I shared one of those examples earlier. We were talking about questions for parents um, as far as, you know, I wonder what emotion you're experiencing. But you can use the I wonder statements um, too, because it's uh, an invitation then to, to talk more about it. And it's not coming from a, a, a place of, um, trying to, to pronounce uh, absolute judgment on, on something. And, um, but instead of, I wonder if uh, things are harder for you at school lately, or I wonder if things are harder with your friends lately. Um, what do you think? Um, how, are, how are things going for you with interpersonal relationships? Or I wonder if you're feeling more anxiety lately because I've, I've noticed that you're, um, some of the things that you're doing that are different. So um, am I on track? Tell me, are, are you feeling this way? And um, th those could be some, some ways to, um, to give, uh, youth practitioners and, and parents opportunities to listen and, and to observe. We want to just uh, touch on a little bit. Uh, we talked about on the, uh, front of the, of the podcast of, with some of the statistics, but about the difficult topic of, of youth suicide. Um, what specific resources do you recommend if child or your youth, you know, has suicide ideation? Yeah, it, it's really important that um, if people who are working with with, with young folks are um, are trained on mental health concerns and um, identifying if there's suicidal ideation. So there's you know, just as there's resources out there available for um, observing and and listening for mental health issues, there's a lot of, of um, training that's available on um, mental health first aid and suicide. Um, prevention and recognition. So, um, you know, going out and search, searching for that, and, and you know, perhaps it's something like an annual training that could be offered for um, anybody who works with with young people, whether it's youth ministry, uh, volunteers, um, and and staff members, um, DCEs, um, pastors who work with youth, but also uh, potentially even education volunteers, Sunday school uh, volunteers as well, to have this kind of um, training and 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 in service experiences to. Um, to respond to mental health concerns. It's a situation where you, you never want to find yourself in that situation as a youth ministry practitioner. And yet, um, I think for me, in the times where I've, I've had to address these kinds of situations with young people, truly, it's a, it's a moment where they can see how just how much you care about them. Right? It's an opportunity to show them uh, your love and God's love to them. Um, and, and taking uh, those kinds of things seriously, asking the right questions. And if you do find that a student is expressing suicidal ideation, that, that you're taking that seriously, you're bringing the parents in, we're, we're taking the steps that we need, uh, whatever that looks like, uh, you know, whatever you've laid out as, as how you handle that, um, that you, you take that really seriously. Um, in some places, uh, depending on your state, <laughs> depending on where you are, uh, depending on your status, is a, you know whether you're uh, with the church, there may be different levels of, of responsibility to mandate a reporting of something that's going on. Uh, and so we do want to encourage people to know what's true in your area, <laughs> what's true for you. Um, and as a part of that training, I love the idea of kind of doing an annual training with everybody who works uh, with young people. But uh, what are those uh, responsibilities that you have to to move forward and report um, something like a suicidal thought with somebody's a danger to themselves or um, and to, whether it's your church worker, whether you're a volunteer, uh, knowing those things ahead of time. 
Julianne, I'm wondering if you could say a little bit about the tension, though, that might happen for a youth worker or a pastor, whoever it might be. Um, I, I can understand the wrestling might be between like, how do I continue to keep trust with this young person when they're bringing this to them? And, you, and like you said, there's this need to bring in other people into the conversation. Uh, do you have any insight on that? I'm just to help our youth ministry practitioners walk through the emotion and the thought process and uh, kind of maybe, again, being proactive here about if you've been in that situation, like how did you actually think through that process and things that you kept in the forefront of your mind walking through that? Yeah. Uh, in our youth ministry, we, um, both myself and our youth leaders, uh, would consistently and maybe not all the time, but repeat over and over that, that young people could talk to us about anything that we were always there for them any time of day. <laughs> if, you're, if you're in crisis, uh, we want to be here for you. This is a place where um, you know we're going to show the love of Christ and we're going to point you back to the gospel. Um, but I will never promise that I will keep that secret. I'm not, I'm not promising you that I will keep things secret or confidential because there are things that you will say to me that I uh, we'll need to bring in parents <laughs> and I will need to bring in um, other uh, health workers that I will need to bring in other people to that conversation. And that's not because I don't respect you. Uh, it's not because I don't want you to be honest with me, but it's because I want to keep you safe. And it's because I love you <laughs> that I'm going to, I'm never going to make the promise that I'm going to break um, and tell you that I have to keep it confidential. And what that helped us do is, is put that out in front of kids consistently. Then when they did come to us, we didn't have to stop and say like, okay, well, if you go any further, then um, <laughs> we're going to have to get mom and dad involved. Or like um, when they came to us, we said, well, we told you you could come to us with anything, but also this is something your mom and dad really do need to know. And that we need to have that conversation. I'm going to walk with you through that. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not just going to tell you, pass you off to somebody else. But um, you know that when you come to me, I can't promise that I have to keep that secret, that I, I have to be responsible uh, and, with that. And so um, that's that's how we handled it. Other groups might handle it differently. Other churches might handle it differently. But uh, that certainly for me was helpful, both in, in telling people, hey, there's more challenge and grace here. There's an environment that says, you come and talk to us. We want you to be in communication with us and be honest with us about what you're struggling with. But also when I need to, I'm going to do the things I need to, to keep you safe and secure and alive. <laughs> um, and I'm going to take those things really seriously as well. And I think another thing of that too, that was said earlier about how general this, the church support is, I think maybe that statement to say like, um, as you're walking through them in, in their process of, of receiving treatment or whatever it might be is to say, I'm going to know through me, no one that doesn't need to know is going to know. Right. Um, and so kind of, I'm going to bring in the people that need to know, but knowing more beyond that, it's just a trust piece there that you can build with young people um, again, because you love them and care for them. So there, there are a lot of great resources that we could talk about um, a lot more. Again, we go deeper into this topic, but want to lift up some of those for church workers, parents, and youth. Um, these are going to be in the show notes that if you want to click to them, the exact uh, web addresses and other things like that, but just to go over some quickly, is that um, some sites you might want to check out our National Alliance on Mental Health. Um, I, there's another one of Anxiety and Depression Association of America that goes into a lot of things with Mental Health Awareness Month in May. Uh, certainly through our government, uh, there's mentalhealth.gov. Um, there's also Mental Health America. Uh, remember things such as National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is a growth of phone number that you can call, but also a website that people can engage with, especially when they're really a difficult situation. 
Um, we've, uh, and Julianne, maybe you could say a little bit about this. We've been talking more about this great resource that's available. That's called Mental Health First Aid. And it's a training that's available to congregations. Maybe you can say a little bit about that as if you've experienced that yourself. Yeah. So I've taken both the Mental Health First Aid for adults and Mental Health First Aid for youth. Um, two trainings. They're eight-hour, like, full-day trainings, just like you would take first aid and CPR, right? So just like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be trained to take care of somebody in a crisis moment, um, and make sure that I can get keep them alive and safe until they can get to the proper physical help with first aid and CPR. Mental health first aid takes kind of the same strategy, which is how can I be um, kind of that first responder that when there might be a mental health crisis, uh, that I can be a person who is uh, helping to keep that person safe and alive and well until we can we can get the appropriate care for them. Uh, it's really base level anybody can take it uh but uh it's also free in a lot of places because of grants that are available and so all you have to do is go to their website search for local things the youth one is particularly tailored to how you identify these kinds of things in teenagers uh and how that might be different than like regular adolescents which sometimes looks like mental health crisis even when it's not um <laughs> angsty teenagers um uh are sometimes just struggling uh, with being alive uh, at that point. And so that's at, right. So it helps to dis help you to distinguish um, how you manage those things. Um, great training for lay leaders. I would have especially very, it's secular, um, but you can definitely come at it uh, later on with your youth leaders um, and, and bring in that faith, that component as well. Great. And certainly and that being a local one that would but potentially in your area, as uh, Tiffany said before, Certainly talk to local officials, teachers, school workers about resources that are available in your community um, so that, again, your young people are surrounded. Uh, would suggest no trusted local Christian counselors, too, um, so that that resource is available to families and young people. And we'll also link a number of articles that we have on the e-source that's related to mental health. It might be helpful in your ministry um, on kind of a different angles. One, your own as a church worker yourself. Um, there's some great resources, too, that maybe, Tiffany, if you want to point people to for church workers in terms of where you would find those within the LCMS. Uh, if you want to say a little bit about those resources you've uh, either worked on yourself or that you're aware of uh, working in the district and with Synod. Yeah, absolutely. We can get some um, information out there because we've got a whole group of people working in, in the area of worker wellness. We've got a um, across the LCMS and ministerial care coalition, which are um, folks in every single district and in a whole bunch of other organizations, um, recognized service organizations and auxiliaries of the LCMS who are, are concerned about um, worker wellness and the mental health for, for those who um, serve the church so faithfully. We are so thankful for your work and that rich, rich conversation. I know that has happened in our church body in the last five plus years with the research um, and just bringing that together with a lot of experts has been wonderful to see. Well, Deaconess Mater, we are so thankful for your time with us today talking about this important topic of uh, mental health and youth. I think, as we said, we'll probably be doing more of this, I think, on some more specific topics. But we're thankful for your time today. And God bless you and your continued transition and ministry with the LCMS. Well, it's been a blessing to, to chat with you and um, to, to join with, with youth ministry on these really important topics. And um, yeah, I pray for all those people who are out there on the, the front line serving right now. And um, these are, are challenging, not easy days. And so as we, we walk together, we're better together. That's why God made us into the body of Christ. And, and we can be well together by walking this path that he's laid out for us. Wonderful. There is so many aspects of this to deal with, uh, and we're certainly not going to get 
through all of that in half an hour or so. Um, uh, we think there may be a whole series of pieces on mental health issues going forward, especially as it pertains to teenagers and youth ministry. Uh, but we hope this at least gives you some initial thoughts, some initial resources on how you might address mental health and mental illness in your youth ministry. Uh, truly, this is an issue that needs everybody's attention, parents, supportive adults, uh, youth ministry practitioners, the whole congregation to be effective in providing Christ-centered support. Uh, this has become an issue that will be a part of our young people's life. It's not if, but when. And this now is an issue that we want to be proactive about. So also to be sure that we build resilience in Christ for when these issues come up for our young people or their families or their friends. So some closing uh, questions to be thinking about. How are you, can you be proactive in talking about mental health and mental illness in your congregation to reduce stigma and to develop that environment of warmth, challenge, and grace? Um, and how can you plan to assist young people when they struggle with mental illness? How can you prepare to support them so they can continue to grow in Christ? And then what resources can you have available to either train other leaders, youth, youth leaders or leaders in general in your congregation, or prepare families um, or to have individually uh, for when there is a mental health crisis uh, with one of your young people? And how can you uh, be prepared to address that? We are praying for you as you engage in this topic of mental health with your youth ministry and in your community. We understand uh, this aspect of adolescence and the process of maturing is important for helping young people navigate the use of technology, this fast changing world and uh, manage transitions coming in their life. Above all, healthy relationships with family, fellow Christians, mature adults, and encouraging peers provides a great network for young people, uh, that broad network of support that will help them manage and navigate their mental health throughout their lives. And we know that God will guide and use you as you share his word and promises with young people. Thank you again for joining us for this podcast, and thank you for your investment in this important issue as we continue to care for our young people and point them to Jesus and know that they have adults and parents and church workers who care for them. Engel's podcast is the production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFUO Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfuo.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church.